It's Farmer Friday on Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Darren Hefty along with my brother Brian, broadcasting from the Morton studio. On Farmer Fridays, we take your calls and questions all throughout the show. Our phone lines are open right now at 844-44-AG-PHD. You can also email us, radio at agphd.com. Got Brian out and about heading down the road, and it's fun this time of year. If anybody's traveling, especially on long journeys, it's fun to hear, okay, did you see a lot of guys in the field? What was happening out there? Um, what are what are the crops looking like? Does it look like it's going to be pretty close to harvest? What are you seeing on your travels today, Brian? Well, I'm in eastern South Dakota and eastern North Dakota, and it's been raining off and on, so no harvest. But, uh, yeah, a lot of things can go, and there have been a lot of fields taken already, so I guess we'll see how it how it all turns out. I just know this, like on our own farm, it's just tremendously spotty. And when I was talking to our guys this morning, we were doing some stuff before the rain hit, and the low areas, 300 to 340, they told me. I said, yeah, that sounds amazing, but the problem is all the hilltops are 90. <laughs> so our average is not that great. Um, yeah, we've got some fields where normally we would pull 250, and we're pulling 150 to 170 average. So that's the way it goes. Yeah, it's pretty tough uh, when it doesn't rain. But one thing that is going in our favor as farmers, and we're hearing this from growers around the country since you kind of started talking about this this fall, uh, guys have been checking what their chem prices are in their area, and a lot of guys are giving feedback. Hey, you guys are right. These prices have come down a long ways. Uh, what do you think? Do you think it is worth buying, or do you think there's more room for them to come down? Well, I mean, anything can keep going down. But if you're at an all-time low, or at least the lowest you've seen in a long time, probably not a bad idea to buy. But what we often tell people is, look, if you're going to start locking in inputs, you might want to start selling some of the crop, too. So especially when we start talking about fertilizer. I, I mean, on, a lot, on the chem side, in a lot of cases, it's whatever, 10 or $20 an acre, maybe 30 Whereas fertilizer, you might be spending 100 150 or more. So it's just a much bigger expense for, on a lot of farms. And so then we really would encourage you, like with fertilizer, it often moves as the corn market moves. So if the corn price goes up, you may see fertilizer go up and vice versa. So all I'm saying here is worst case scenario, you buy a whole bunch of fertilizer and then the corn price goes way down and then fertilizer in the spring is a little bit cheaper. You could have saved money by waiting to fertilize till spring and you got hit because the corn price went down. So you bought your inputs high and you sold your corn for less. But no one knows. I, I mean, so we're always talking about hedging and everything else, but every farm, you can handle things however you want to on your farm. I can just tell you, like on the egg chem side, I feel pretty comfortable buying a lot of things now. So, yeah, that's what we're looking at on our own farm is is buying, if not today, soon at least. And I, I will say October 1 is this weekend. A lot of the big companies start their new market year October 1. So we haven't even seen pricing on over half the ag chem products that are out there. Because you've got BSF, FMC, Corteva, Syngenta. They all have October 1 new market years. So once they get past October 1, I would expect within the next 20 to 30 days, we'll probably be seeing prices out of those companies too. 
Yeah, I was just talking to uh, one particular farmer who said he was into his banker, got his financing for next year kind of lined up, turned in, you know, whatever financials, just kind of some updated things. Obviously, they got a little bit more to go with harvest. But uh, he said, just talking to the banker about that, he goes, man, interest rates, I knew they were up, but ouch, uh, they, they actually matter this year. And you mentioned that October 1 uh, a lot of companies are going to launch new chem pricing. They're also launching some of the finance offers. And when when they have some real cheap finance offers that don't really cost you anything in terms of your cash discount or your price on ag chem, kind of good idea to find out where you're at with your banker, what your financing will be worth there. And then also, man, I might just want to take advantage of some of these offers because the particular farmer I was talking to, he said it was 10% financing now. And he's like, man, if I can buy my BASF products and get their 1.99% deal, because that's uh, that's a lot of money I would save just on, just on BASF alone. Yeah. Yep, uh, for sure. Oh, hey, we've got a caller uh, with a question on these fall herbicides. It's Jim in Northwest Ohio. Go ahead, Jim. What's your question? Well, I want to pick you guys' brain. What should I be using to put on for fall herbicide that I can go to either corn or beans, which I decide which way I want to go next spring, that I can control uh, fall annuals like chickweed and stuff? Yeah, so when we... As far as burning down winter annuals, personally, I like Banville the best, but 2,4-D would work fine too. My concern with Banville is if you're rotating to, let's say, enlist soybeans and you sprayed late in the fall, you planted super early in the spring, it's unlikely, but it's possible there could be a little bit of Banville left. I'm not worried about the 2,4-D. I think that'll be gone. Uh, and quite frankly, I think the Banville will be gone too. But anyway, those are the products that I would be talking about depending on what you want to plant in the spring you want to throw something out for residual, there's nothing that, that I can say, oh, this is amazing for residual that could go to either corner beans. Uh, but a lot of people will do valor in the fall and then typically go to beans. If you're going to corn in the spring, then usually most people are using a group 15 like Outlook, Dual, Harness, Surpass, something like that. But the Banvel or 240 is what you need to burn down those winter annuals. We do that on our farm from time to time. Works great. Well, I don't. I don't know if they're they're uh, up yet. Usually, they come up underneath the snow and stuff. Um, I don't ever. I don't really see that so much. Um, and you know, I'm not worried about like if that's when you, if that's that's when you see them when the snow's gone. Well, yeah. Uh, I would just say be scouting this fall. If you don't see anything then I'm not that worried about it. But otherwise, if it was going to beans, I would go Valor. If it's not, if, I mean, let's say it's going to corn and you don't see anything that emerges this fall, I'm not that concerned. You can burn it off in the spring with Banvel or something and it'll be fine. Or sharpen okay. in the spring. When I go to corn, I've been using Basis Blend and Simazine, and it seems like that does a heck of a good job. You know, there are a lot yeah, of options. Oh, Brian, uh, we're up against a break here, but we can dive back into that question right after this short break, Jim. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This season, get medieval on Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia fungicide from Valent USA. 
Here to shield your sugar beets from the treachery of Rhizoctonia, Excalia delivers excellent staying power, keeping your sugar beets from being conquered. Stay one step ahead of Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia. Ask your retailer or visit valent.com slash Excalia to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. What does it really mean to provide the best crop nutrition? With AgroLiquid, you're getting a one-of-a-kind approach, one that caters to your specific agronomic needs. You're getting a crop nutrition plan that maximizes your fertilizer applications from every drop, all while accounting for your management practices and the products you're already using. But it's not just a product. It's peace of mind, knowing we've thought of everything. That's the AgroLiquid way. Apply less, expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. So how's harvest? Higher yield potential starts with the season-long systemic disease protection of Zyway brand fungicides from FMC. Zyway brand fungicides protect corn crops from key foliar diseases and support physiological benefits that help develop healthier, higher yielding corn for a difference you'll appreciate at harvest. Visit your FMC retailer for an at-plant advantage. Always read and follow all label directions. My mom's got a new case IH tractor and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. Stay in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Shift like a race car, steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out caseih.com. Welcome back. It's Farmer Friday on Ag PhD Radio, and our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. Just before the break, we're talking with Jim in Northwest Ohio about burning down some winter annual weeds and also getting some residual control. Brian, uh, Jim, Jim just got into um, some ALS type products, and and I'm trying to think what else you were trying to yeah. respond to there as well. No, that was it. So, so let I just want to break this down. So. He said basis blend and simazine. Um, for corn, going to corn. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, I'm with you. Um, I, I just get concerned because I, I don't know how it is on your farm, but I see so much ALS resistance out there. And one of the main winter annuals that we're usually after, and a lot of people in Ohio are usually after, is mare's tail. Well, basis blend usually isn't going to touch mare's tail, and simazine isn't that good on it either. So that's the whole reason why I was like, okay, yeah, you can do those if you want. I'm just, I'm concerned about it. So uh, I, I like, I, I, again, I'll come back to you. If I go out there with a quart of Banville, which, by the way, has come way down in price down this fall, you go out there with a quart of Banville, that will eliminate all your winter annual weeds. And then usually you have a clean field going into the spring. And if it doesn't do that, then you can always burn down with something like sharpen in the spring and more dicamba or something else. And I find those to be better on mare's tail and a lot of the other winter annuals. But I, I'm never going to fault a guy. If you found something that works great for you, I, I mean, maybe this basis blend, simazine thing for you and the weeds you have on your farm is fantastic. I, I, I just, I, I don't recommend any of those things typically because I don't see the same performance that what it sounds like you're telling me you are getting. Well, this field, I don't know if I'm going to have it to beans or corn. I want to put something on there. Since you said uh, Banville should do it then. 
Fanville does it. Yep. But like I say, if you're going to rotate to beans, well, let me ask you, do you go enlist beans or do you go extend flex? Extend flex. Okay. Well, then you got zero worries. So, yeah, if it's me in the fall, I'm spraying a quart of Banville fairly late, but I want to spray when the weather is still just hit a warm day. Like if you got some day that's 70 degrees in the afternoon, go hit it then. But the, the winter annuals have to be up. If you're not seeing any winter annuals, then you just wait till spring and you hit them then. But typically, like what I see, because we do a lot of strip till, for example, we used to do a lot of no till. So we do see winter annuals. And we're already starting to see them at some point in early October. So I, I just, but yeah, I don't know how it is on, on your farm. But if you're telling me you're not seeing them all until there's snow. Um, well, that's when you see them driving by greening up. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yep. So I, plus, plus the winters, the winters, here this fall. the winters are seem to be warmer. So they have more time to grow around here anyway. <laughs> well, our winter was one of the coldest that we've had in a really long time last year. We had the second it, it really varied last snowfall, year. Second most snowfall in 130 years. So yeah, we get a little. Yeah, ours, ours was a little brutal. We, we'll year. share that snow with you this time, Jim. You you guys can have your turn. <laughs> okay. Well, the last few years we've been having little snow and not real cold. Yeah, we had that a couple well, years before. Beautiful. Yep. Yep. A lot well, Jim, of guys couldn't haul manure because the ground never froze up. Wow. So. Yeah, well, conditions can, uh, conditions can certainly change this year. It can, could be a totally different year, but I do appreciate that you're trying to get after these winter annuals uh, in the fall. I think that's a great idea, Jim. Thanks for the call. We really appreciate it. Okay. Okay, thank you. Let's head out to Montana. We've got Grant on with us right now. How's it going, Grant? It's going. We're uh, getting a little closer to finishing up on the wheat. So uh, most of the people around here have been done. We're we like to be the last ones, I think. But it's <laughs> it's been uh, been catching some rains, and that slowed us down. We've been having to put it in a bag, and and uh, so just kind of waiting for it to to dry down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well. I mean, I like I like getting some rainfall heading into the the winter months here too, just to to replenish things and hopefully uh, pastures can regrow that kind of thing. It's it's a big deal when we get dry. How have you guys been this year? What's what's your weather been like overall? Oh, it's been uh, you know the rains have been spotty. We've been fortunate enough here at the farm. Um, we're in the northeastern part of Montana, and and we've been catching some nice rains, but. You go 15, 20 miles west of us, and it's a different story. They're dry, and and uh, we've got some stuff out east of us that that didn't catch the rains. But uh, overall, harvest um, definitely our, our yields have been been in that 50 to 60 range on the wheat. We had we tried Camelina this year. Um, that that ran about 1,100. Uh, to 1200 pounds to the acre and then uh, peas did fairly well so yeah no i won't complain won't complain about the rain either so you bet you bet so what happens next after you get this wheat finished up what's your next job uh we're thinking we're going to try to get some fall spraying done um, especially on the ground for for the camelina next year um go down with some uh roundup and then uh, rifle d there for that ground and then uh then i suppose start hauling hauling to the elevator so. 
So, but yeah, no <laughs> yes. fall, fall spraying for now, I guess. Yep. Start trucking. That's right. That's the job that I don't think many non-farmers realize how much trucking we end up having to do with the, uh, with the grain and other products that we're producing. Right. Right. Well, and we've got our yellow peas we contracted in uh, Minot, North Dakota, and that's about two and a half, three hours away. And we've got probably close to a hundred thousand bushels to go there. Oh so yep. anyways, it just, yeah, we're, we're always, it's always fun to be two weeks behind, I guess, but we try our best. <laughs> awesome. Well, Grant, good luck to you guys. Hopefully you get a little break in the, the rainfall action here so you can wrap things up soon. Yep. Sounds good. You bet. Thanks. Uh, let's head down to Arkansas. I've got Vince on with us right now. How's it going, Vince? Hey, guys. How we doing? Good. Good. What can we do for okay. you? All right. My ground is bad low on potash, and uh, I've got my own place now where I'm my own landlord, and I can control my own destiny, and uh, I want to put out a bunch of potash, but there's only so much I can put out of the regular 0060, and so I'm wanting to go with the, the, the no-salt version to push me over the hill and get me more units out there. And, uh, but I don't know the name of that product. In years past, I heard y'all talking, uh, on y'all's TV show and you said, man, I would, you can fix your whole farm in one day. You can put out as much of this stuff as you want to. Well, you know? maybe, maybe Vince, I don't know that there's any no salt because, uh, potassium itself is a salt. So it's not like there's no salt, but you could do some a ver different version that wouldn't have chloride in it. If you're worried about having too much chloride, we really haven't run into a problem with too much chloride where we've hurt things. Uh, chloride converts, uh, well, chloride itself is fine. Uh, but when, when it converts into a sodium chloride or something like that, that I'd, I wouldn't want to spread a whole bunch of sodium chloride out there, but, uh, the chloride is going to leach through the soil. So that's, that's fine. And some level of chloride is necessary for your crop anyway. So a little bit's good. Uh, a lot of times when we look at building K, we'll look at, well, what's, what's the budget like? And if you said, well, Darren, I've got 20 acres and it's right outside my house and I just want to get there as fast as I can go for it. But if you say I'm farming 5,000 acres and I want to do the whole thing, then I'd say, you know what? That's a huge expense. Maybe we'll step into it by doubling grain removal or, or a little better, uh, on a year to year basis. I, I just got a quote, $900 an acre and I'm fine with it. I've I, uh, um, money's not a problem, but I need to know the name of that product to make sure that they're ordering the right thing because we're wanting to get it out this fall. And, but it's like, well, I've talked about it on your show. When, before. when you say, like, when you say $900 per acre, how many pounds is that per acre? And is this $900 a ton? I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm really nervous. I'm really nervous. But anyway, oh, that's like, okay. So, sulfate of potassium or something like that name i think maybe is the name you you can research. you can do you can do potassium sulfate as well but i i don't think you have to you can you can certainly do potassium chloride too i would suggest maybe you you just run with a little bit lower rate than than uh a whole ton or something like that let let's talk about this just a little bit more vince we're up against a break and i'll i'll uh, catch up with you here when we get right back after this stay tuned we'll be right back
It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Where are you getting your fertilizer this year? Just about anywhere you look, it's going to cost more. And you may even find it's harder to get when you need it. It sure would be nice to have a better source of crop nutrients. Believe it or not, you do. It's your soil. Source from Sound Agriculture unlocks more of the nutrients already in your fields, so you can add less fertilizer while getting the yield you're counting on. It's such a solid backup plan, you'll probably find yourself wondering why Source wasn't the plan all along. Visit sound.ag to learn more. Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com. Get more points with the end zone from Farm Shop MFG. In a 20,000 bushel bin full of corn, gaining three points of moisture adds the equivalent of 1,000 bushels to your bottom line. Call 712-520-6051. From the moment the first seed is in the ground, your days until harvest are numbered. Each day, every decision leads to your bottom line. So when it comes to harvest, rely on the only combine built to deliver the numbers you deserve. The Kloss Lexion gives you the quality, efficiency, reliability, and precision that make every minute count. Go ahead, let the numbers drive you with a Lexion Combine built by Kloss. Insects have reigned since the dawn of time. Adapted to their surroundings, experience the harshest climates and toughest challenges until now. With two modes of action, Ridgeback Insecticide delivers one devastating outcome for soybean aphids, extinction from your fields. They may have lived through it all, but they won't survive this. End soybean aphids reign at ridgeback.corteva.us. In 1923, Bertar Benjamin had a vision, an all-purpose tractor that could do more. With that, the Farmall was born. This year, Case IH is celebrating 100 years of Farmall, 100 years of milestones, 100 years of innovation, passion, grit, and they're doing it through your stories. Share them at Farmall100.com. One lucky storyteller will win their own Farmall, the tractor that is the one for all. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio on a Farmer Friday. Our phone lines are open here in the Morton studio at 844-44-AG-PHD. And you can always email us, radio at agphd.com. Just before the break, I started the conversation up with Vince down in Arkansas. He's got some soil that he wants to build up potassium and is pretty excited about doing it. And I don't blame Vince at all. I get excited about, hey, I just got some ground. It's it's in my name now. I can do whatever I want. Or, uh, hey, I'm, I've taken over the operation, and now it's my turn to make decisions here. And uh, Vince wants to build up some case. So, uh, Vince, can you tell me where you're at with uh, potassium level in the soil right now? And what's your cation exchange capacity as well? 
Okay. I'm just at about 1% base saturation K with a cation exchange capacity of about 10. Okay. Okay, and, so you do uh, have some holding already, capacity. Okay. And I'm already putting out, you know, 250 pounds of potash per acre, but, but you know, I want to I want to do more, and there's a particular product that y'all have spoken of, and I that uh, would allow me to put more out, you know, because it's low salt, and that's what I'm after. Yeah, I'm I'm drawing a blank on that. I'm gonna have to ask and uh, or have Brian a- answer on that one. I don't know that we've mentioned something like that. Brian, um, uh, we're talking with Vince oh, here. Question, yeah, I'm just gonna, yeah. I'm in a bad cell phone area, so I I I missed all that. So so that's okay. No, what what? Okay, so, Darren, so, go ahead. so well, Vince Vince is down in Arkansas. He's got a cation exchange capacity yeah. of ten and a base saturation percentage of potassium at one percent. Wants to put yep. on all the potassium he needs to to build it up in one shot if possible. Sure. And he said yeah. he was thinking that we had talked about a different form of potassium that would be safe and low salt so you could build it up all at once. Uh, we've used potash on our yeah. farm or we've used of manure. Course. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, there are people that will talk about potassium sulfate, and I'm wondering if that isn't what he might be referring to, because we've, we've discussed that on the show sometimes. It's just, unfortunately, potassium sulfate usually costs double what potash costs, but I don't know what it is in that area. I'm personally That's not right. that worried. Okay, let's, let's go back to how many pounds we actually need. So what do we need to take it from, I mean, do you know what the parts per million is today, roughly? Not, not in front of me, no. I just, I just, uh, I don't. Uh, but I, I know. Okay. I need the name of that product because I literally got the fertilizer people on, on hold wanting to, because we're about to spread fertilizer. <laughs> okay. But I'm like, well. Fifty thousand dollars on the wrong thing. Let me make sure I got the name. <laughs> yep, and the nine hundred dollar yeah. a ton price—that's potash, potassium chloride. No, no, that's four seventy-five, and I'm going to use all that I can of that. But right. I'm wanting to put out more. I'm wanting to put out close to four hundred pounds to the acre. So I'm going to do two fifty of the yeah the regular 0060, and then I want to do the additional pounds of this. I think it's called sulfate. Pot- potash sulfate of potash something right. see that yep, yep. exactly yep that's a, yep that's exactly what i was saying um potassium sulfate and yes there there there's no problem with doing that now like we always tell everyone when it comes to safety of your crop that's up to you i, I mean i'm not going to tell you oh for sure this is 100% going to be safe if it was my ground, would I feel comfortable? I, I definitely would. I'd feel comfortable going up to 400 pounds of potash on a 10 CEC soil. We've done it. Uh, and we've done a lot higher than that, too. 400 is not really that much. I mean, you're only talking 240 pounds of actual uh, potassium. And when you stop and look at it, it's like, well, a massive crop is going to use most of that in one year. But the other here, here here's my other thing that I'll, I'll add um, is if you've got 10 CEC soil, and you get a year with lots of rain, you can get some leaching on that. And so you may need some more in season. I would certainly hope that most of it's going to stick around all year and everything and and beyond. But, I mean, you get a lot more rain than we do. You, you Your ground um, isn't doesn't freeze for five months out of the year like ours does. 
So I'm simply saying you have risk of loss at some point. I have zero on my potassium. So I'm going to think about it a little bit differently in your situation. That's all I'm saying. So I, I'm fine with the rates. I, I just always tell people, try stuff on a smaller scale before you go crazy on the whole farm or anything. Prove it out. Make sure it works. But I'll bet you that you could do your 250 pounds of potash now, and you could do some K in season as well, and you might get similar results too. So that's just something for you to think about and maybe try. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. You bet. Thanks, Vince. You bet. Yep. Good luck. Got Kenny with us now down in Kansas. How you doing, Kenny? Pretty good. How you guys doing? Well, we're doing well. We're doing well. Just kind of picking at it a little bit out in the field. Sounds like you're doing the same thing on the soybeans. Uh, no, we're actually waiting. Soybeans are still green. Um, everybody's about wrapped up with corn around here, or, or in our neck of the woods anyway. We we kind of ran out of water, so that hurried the corn along. Sure. But uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah the soybeans is, uh, is a different story. So you say you're still green, so you got a little ways to go on them. What do you do in the meantime? You you doing something on that corn ground at all with fertility or soil testing or tillage well, I, or anything? Yeah, I, if I had any corn out, I'd be VTing it, but I didn't I didn't plant any corn. I went all soybeans this year. Um Interesting. Right just now. chase chasing the market, myself, or myself. just worked out with the equipment that way. Um, no. Nah, after after the butt kicking we got last year, I decided I didn't want to risk it. So I played it played it a little bit safe and just planted beans, which I don't know if the beans are going to do much better than they did last year, but not as much input in involved sure sure yeah it's it's, that was my angle anyway i know there were some guys that plant corn and this this would have been an all right year to plant corn here we uh depending on where you're at it i've heard yields have been all literally all over the board around here this year it's anywhere from 25 bushel acre to 200 bushel acre and it's just probably most of it around that 130 bushel acre yield but Yep. What do you think the soybeans are going to do? How do they look? Uh, the the earlier beans, they're not going to be much. The the late beans are probably, I, I, I guess, 25, 30 bushel. I mean, that's double what we made last year easily. But um, we're, we just, we've been really short on rain the last couple of years. And it's just, it's playing a toll on everything around here. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been tough up here for the moisture as well. And yeah, I don't know which one's going to be better. Brian was talking to start the show off a little bit. The corn yields are a little disappointing and, and the soybean yields are definitely below average too. It's tough to guess. Of course, beans, you just, it seems like I, at least for me, I just never know until I'm out there with the combine. I, I, yeah, yeah. They're, they're a tough one to guess. Yeah, seed size can really vary, and and uh, big tall yeah, beans that's, just that, don't mean anything. I know, no, no. I tell you a funny story when my when my boy was oh, I think around a freshman in high school, we we had some creek bottom ground that was pretty good soil, and we went and looked at the beans, and I mean my son's six six, and those beans were head high on him. He's like, Dad, wow. these are gonna make hundred bushel. I said. They won't make thirty, bub. He goes, 
Well, why, what makes you say that? Look how tall they are. I said, yeah, but look how far apart the pods are. <laughs> yep. I mean, the, literally, the, the the nodules were, you know, a foot, foot and a half apart, and they just potted up off the ground. It they was, they was just a nightmare to cut. But, I mean, they made decent beans, but they weren't, you know. I've cut a lot better short beans than I have tall beans. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I've seen knee-high beans easy be 40, and you say, wait a minute, yeah. they're, they're so yeah. short. How could they be? But they're all pods. They're just solid pods. But, yeah, they're nothing, yeah, they're nothing but pods. Exactly. That's Yeah, I'd rather have that knee-high, waist-high bean than chest-high beans any day. Yeah, but. no no doubt about it. Well, Kenny, good luck to you. Uh, hopefully uh, things come around yeah. soon and, and you get some good yields, too. Yeah, yeah we hope so. Good luck up that way, too. You bet. Thanks. We appreciate that. Yeah, it's fun at harvest time just to see what's out there, and sometimes when it's not so good, it's kind of nice just to get it over with, too, and start on uh, the next year's plan. Now, we'll talk more coming up right after this. Because the challenges you face are getting bigger every year, BASF is committed to helping with more than boots on the ground. We're committed to boots in the mud, boots on the steps of your truck, your tractor, your combine, the linoleum tiles of your coffee shop, the concrete of your co-op, the gravel in your shed. So we can listen, learn firsthand, help right now to ensure success. BASF, helping you do the biggest job on earth. Morton Buildings has served the American farmer for more than 120 years. From manufacturing our own building components to constructing your building, Morton takes pride in being the industry leader in post-frame construction by providing a quality building and exceptional customer service. A Morton is built to last for generations. To get started on your next project, please visit mortonbuildings.com. Win the war against weeds in your soybean fields with fierce herbicides from Valent USA. With three different formulations and multiple modes of action, you're sure to find the right fierce product to protect your operation from tough weeds like Palmer Amaranth and Waterhemp. Give your soybeans a strong, clean start with up to eight weeks of residual control with the powerful pre-emergence protection of Fierce Herbicide. Ask your local retailer or visit valent.com fierce to find the right fierce formulation for you. Always read and follow label instructions. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. Looking for a herbicide as versatile and reliable as your favorite pocket knife? Anthem Flex Herbicide offers the versatility you need to keep your crops clean. Protect your wheat this season with unmatched flexibility and extended residual control of broadleaf weeds and tough grasses, including Italian ryegrass. Minimize resistance and help maximize yields with Anthem Flex Herbicide. Visit your FMC retailer or ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow all label directions. 
When nematode pressure mounts, seed-applied Trunemco provides assurance. Growers using Trunemco are seeing a difference from early plant vigor to improved soybean and cotton yield. Impressive results are everywhere, and we want to hear about yours. You could win $20,000 and be named a Trunemco Elite Grower. Don't delay. Contest ends October 31st. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. See full rules. Learn more at newfarm.com USST. listening to Ag PhD Radio on a Farmer Friday. We'd love to hear from you. Our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. We got Rick with us now over in Minnesota in the Combine, getting the job done. How you doing, Rick? Doing good. How about yourself? Pretty good. All right. Uh, Corn harvest, one of the most fun times of the year. Is this your absolute favorite job or is there something else you like even better? This is a machine I love being in the most. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> You've been in it. You know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So what are you seeing? What are you What are you looking at today? I mean, is everything standing good? Is Is it going smooth? Yeah, everything is everything standing real good. But I've always been one. I've run a bunch of VT2s, and I've since oh I think it was like 2002. I've always put a little liquid insecticide underneath it at planting time, just little t-band in there just to make sure we have rootworms under control so yeah stock quality i've seen is real good so, awesome awesome you know, what's the green better than expected okay good good yields green... what what's the grain quality yeah. like? that's my curious question here. uh test weight is good test weight I, awesome. I took a couple samples in the elevator and we're running 56 to 57 so for a dry year you know uh what I'm doing right now is the 94-day corn coming out of the field at 15%, you know, so. No complaints. Know, what do you say? Well, <laughs> no complaints, the, exactly. The test weight is one that a lot of farmers were talking about all summer. We had a number of smoky days, and guys said, oh, no, is this going to hurt my test weight? But, you know, we really didn't have that much rain. So we didn't have a lot of cloudy days, but we had some smoky days in there. Apparently, we still did okay. Yep. Well, my for my 10-year average this year on this particular farm I'm on, we are 10 inches short of our 10-year average on rainfall. Wow. So creeks up here, I'm south of Marshall, and the creeks up here have been dry since the second week of June. There's been nothing in the creeks, and it's just we got a couple timely rains that shot us what we needed and gave us, you know, the yield we've got, so... I, not having any complaints. I mean, more would always be better. I'm a farmer. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, more more would be good. What what about the beans in your area? Now, are, are guys uh, are guys working on the beans in the afternoons? Or are they are they still got a ways to go? I mean, it's been so wet and and humid in the mornings here. It's been about impossible. What I've what I've seen is. Uh, so right right around the marsh area, those guys were able to get their beans out earlier, and I don't know what they had for maturity. Now, I've got uh, my home place down by Garvin. I've got uh, had some one sixes in there, and I took them out on the 18th of September. But as soon as I was done with that, the one nines, they were, I'm still waiting on them to get ripe. Um, I've got some two twos up here by Marshall that I did started yesterday. Um, 
and it was perfect. I started about five o'clock last night on them, and they were right at thirteen. Come thirteen and a half when I started, and by the time I got tough at nine, it was down to twelve and a half. So, um, but waiting on that stuff down in Murray County, just we just don't seem to ripen up. All the bottoms were are good are good heavy dirt. Them beans are still yellow, you know, and just uh, just keeps hanging on. But, well, I think things are going to um, change pretty quick this weekend. The way it sounds. I sure hope so. I was all set to do beans. I came up here this morning, fueled up, greased up, and oh, by 10 o'clock, it was sprinkling again. And it's like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> so I dropped the bean head and put the corn head back on. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, that's, that is the nice thing about having uh, a couple different crops. At least you got one that, well, I can keep going on that, and it's a pain to switch back and forth, but... At least you can keep going. That that helps. Hey, Rick, good luck to I you. Was, Hopefully, I was, oh, yep. good. Thanks. Thanks, Darren. Oh, you bet. You bet. Stay safe. Yeah, it's a big uh, big deal when you get a switch all the time. It's kind of frustrating, but uh, by the same token, it sounds like he's getting a lot of soybeans out at, at good moisture percentages yet, so so that's positive, too. Uh, sit down in Mississippi. Got Mike on with us right now. Mike, how you doing? Good afternoon, sir. How are you? We're doing well. We're doing well. What can we help you with? Good. All oh, my questions on uh, <clears throat> poultry litter. I'm a cow calf guy, running uh, rotational grazing on on cows, and uh, I, I bought the piece of property that was the ground. The dirt was so poor, a hillbilly couldn't make a living on it. So I've I've had to throw everything at the kitchen sink at it to get it to grow grass. But I went with poultry litter this past year, besides commercial fertilizer, and I'm just wondering on the phosphorus. Since it's bound by the poultry, the the chicken itself, how what's the time? What's the release factor on bioavailability on phosphorus because of the digestive system of that chicken and binding that phosphorus? You know, that's a great question, and this is one that the industry really struggles with. We we do a pretty decent job, I think, overall on guessing first year availability. But how long for that stuff that's tied up until that comes available is a great question. Um, do you have a Do you have an analysis on the poultry litter? How much How much phosphorus was in it, and how much was left that was supposed to be available later? I'm I'm traveling I'm traveling today, just having to catch y'all on the radio, and I just wanted to ask a general question. I'm not at home where I can sit down and drag drag sure, that off. Sure. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, yeah. No. No problem. I, I had my local I had a local uh, local supplier Simplot go in there and do a a grid uh, on the on the entire property and. Uh, soil samples and <clears throat> so i know where i'm at <clears throat> but uh you know cow calf guys is, is with stocker i mean with the rotational grazing is i'm in a grass business and i'm <clears throat> trying to harvest as many pounds as i can and uh and the way this cattle market is right now you need to pay attention in this beef cycle right now yeah yeah you well get all the pounds you can one of the one of the guys that I know that uses a lot of poultry litter as part of his operation, he said, I count on the first year availability and then everything else I count as a bonus. So whatever's Correct. available year one, that's how I treat it. And then he said, year two, I'm just going to soil sample. Whatever the soil sample says, that's how I'm going to go feed things. So he counts nope. on nothing. Okay. And he said, I'm, I'm always pleasantly surprised because there's absolutely a lot more than nothing. But he said, I yeah. just I just go into year two and I don't count it. But he's in a poultry litter cycle where he's putting it on every year or every other year. So he said, I know that I've always got some of that 
old stuff that's that's finally releasing. But that's what he does. Yeah, he he just said I'd soil sample and I just well, fertilize that, accordingly. Right, and, and I'm just trying to get your feedback out, back. I've talked to the agronomy department down at Mississippi State, and they tell me basically a, a third the first year, a third the second, and the final at the third year the uh, thirds. It breaks down in third a third each year. So. Yep. Yep. I've heard that too. I've heard that too, Mike. I, I just, I guess I go with what the first year is. And after that, I call it a bonus and I just start moving, but right. I know what you're saying. Uh, you got to count it worth something. So, uh, I think, I well, think that's a safe bet. Exactly. It's kind of like going to a family reunion and kissing your sister. <laughs> you know, it's, she just got to face reality. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's not a pleasant thought, Mike. Not a pleasant thought. Uh, my sister's well, not in. To, my sister's to, in the I'm studio here most of the time. <laughs> well, I'm trying to lighten up your afternoon. Is what I'm trying to do. Hey, uh, Jerry, Jerry Clower. Hey, remember that. Uh, uh, Jerry Clowers from down here in South Mississippi now, and he made himself world famous by having a few chuckles on the side. So I may not be in another Jerry Clower, but I can come up with a zinger every now and then. Absolutely. Well, it makes the trip go faster when you're heading down the road, too. Exactly. But I, I appreciate your uh, input. Thank you. You bet. Thanks a lot, Mike. We really appreciate the call, too. Yeah, it's it's uh, you got to have fun. you got to have fun with whatever you're doing, no doubt about that. Hey, we got Josh up in North Dakota on right now, and we got about a minute before a break, Josh, but I think I can get your question, and at least we can start thinking about it. Um, yeah, it's kind of about I'm, – I'm in a tractor, and I should have had my, my X-Men video, and I realized that after I left my farm. But apparently the last one I was talking about manure, too. And we're applying manure today, uh, bowing road ditches, chisel plowing, actually pouring footage from a brand new house, which is exciting. Yeah. Just your thoughts on rented land, and we've got sandy hilltops, and it's all my investment. Some of it, it's, it's a little bit long-term. I mean, we're going into sure. the 10th year of next year of renting it. So I don't see losing it, but just your thoughts on, I mean, it's a major investment to move it six miles and apply it and, it seems like you got to mess with it twice, and manure spreaders aren't cheap. No, no, that's for sure. Well, this is a great topic, talking about using manure on rented ground. We'll dive into that here right after this short break. Stay tuned. You've done it. Your yields are on the rise. But when it comes to marketing, are you falling short? Invest in yourself with Agris Academy. Agris Academy is offering a first-of-its-kind masterclass in commodity merchandising and risk management. Learn the best practices and tactics of the world's leading risk managers and apply them to your farm. Contact your buyers with a new confidence and boost your farm's profitability. Agris Academy's 10-week masterclass begins this November and is hosted on Acres TV. Sign up today with early discount code ACRES at agrisacademy.com. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Your farm data platform might let you manage your fertilizer plan by helping you set sample points, determine management zones, or create fertilizer recommendations. With Verify, you can do all that. 
But what Verify does that no one else can is take yield data straight from your combine, correlate this info to soil test points, and immediately generate variable rate fertilizer maps based on your nutritional goals. Whether you want to build soil levels, balance your field for uniform nutrition, or maintain fertility levels by simply applying what you removed at harvest. And with full integration with John Deere Operations Center, Verify can send recommendations directly to application equipment, no matter the color. Sign up for your Verify account today at Verify.com and keep your farm moving. That's V-R-A-F-Y Growing up on the farm, I woke up as early as mom and dad. I put as many hours on the tractor, changed as many teeth on the tiller as my brothers. It doesn't matter if you're young or old, man or woman. When there's work to be done, you put your boots on and you do it. I do that on my farm and in my job at Case IH. My name is Kelsey, I'm a farmer, and I work for Case IH. Case IH, built by farmers. The hard-working, independent spirit of rural America can often be isolating. It's not often discussed, but mental health issues are real. Now's the time to lead by example, talk openly, and show that a strong mind is just as important as a strong body. FMC is proud to be working toward ending the misconceptions around mental health. Through awareness, guidance, and action, together we can uproot the stigma. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. It's a Farmer Friday, and we're taking your calls and questions throughout the rest of the show at 844-44-AG-PHD. And we got a great question here from Josh up in North Dakota. Uh, wondering about applying manure to rented ground, and then he threw in that zinger at the end. Josh, six miles away. I'm like, oh, man, if it was next door, I was going to say this is the easiest no-brainer ever. Yes, of course you put the manure on the rented ground, but it's like, oh, no, you got to haul it quite a ways to, to make that happen. I think it's great to put it out there. If you got ground that's closer that you need the manure on, then that's wonderful. But just don't make the mistake my grandpa did, and he's he's long gone, but I don't, I don't mean him any offense by saying this. Uh, he always had something else to do. And so grandpa just continuously put manure on the same ground over and over and over again. And we've got other ground that, boy, it would have been nice if he would have just taken the time to haul it over there. Uh, but he didn't. And he ended up putting so much manure on the same spots that we had a salt overload and we had trouble raising crop there for a while. But um, anyway, I, so what, if you got if you got lots of manure that. and not many acres, I think it's a fantastic thing to, to spread it around. Well, we have one landlord that, has cattle and if i don't haul his manure at my cost and spread it it gets dumped in the same spot year over year not <laughs> the back half of the 80 acre field that needs it the front half so we move his manure and i move it three miles to my land or to one year and then the next year i'll move it to he had just rented ground that's actually he'd had, had for years and we move it to just sandy spots on there trying to get the sandy spots back up to production and it uh, seems to be helping fairly well you know i I, it ends up always going on before beans, not before wheat. But it, uh, I applied, let's see, three years ago. Next year we had 50 bushel beans in those spots. I mean, from from 20 bushels prior to that. I mean, it seems to be making a big difference helping. It's just yeah. I own this piece of ground, 
yep. you know, and yep. it sucks to move it that far, but what do you do? Yep. Yep, I totally get it. Uh, and I know what you mean, too, on the rented that you might lose the next year. And, gosh, I just did all that work to try to build things up. But um, but by the same token, if you've had a, a long-term deal where you've been doing it 10 years or more and it, you have no reason to think they're ever going to pull it from you, you just, keep, you just keep going and try and build it up like it's yours. At the same time, um, if I don't start making the land better, who does? I mean, I don't know yeah. if it's going to. I've gotten my contracts back so far. I just, I hate to let everything keep getting worse, you know? You bet. You bet. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I feel for you on the cost of doing that because nobody wants to help you with that. But um, but it sure is nice. And so, when, Oh, good. Just for fun, do you have any, any input on when you, they, you always ask people, who gets the better benefit? Because the cattle guys say, well, you should pay for it. You're getting the benefit. And I'm saying I'm moving your remuneration that you'd have to hire somebody to pay to do. You know, and, and even splitting the cost would be nice. You know, half of the payment would be nice, but any idea who gets the better cost? Well, if you're getting it for free, but you're paying for all the trucking, it's probably a wash. And I, I know a lot of manure gets done that way. I've got a, I've got a good friend uh, over in Minnesota. He's got a lot of manure and not very many people interested. And he's like, man, I just think people should be paying me for this manure. And I say, well, that'll be nice. As soon as there's multiple people that really, really want it, then yes, you'll have a market. But at this point, there's there's some significant costs to spreading it and moving it around. And and I understand that it's it's and, not free. And one. One that I learned is, did they remove their twine? Because if they didn't remove their twine, I, you couldn't pay me to put it on my land. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. I know all about that. I, Brandon and I grew up, uh, we had a cow-calf operation and a farrow-to-finish hog operation. And, yes, if twine made it into the manure, our dad was not happy with us. And that resulted <laughs> in a big cleanup project uh, that was going to be done by us. So it didn't happen multiple times, <laughs> believe me. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, thanks, Josh. We really appreciate the call. Thanks. Have a good day. You bet. You too. Got Ed over in Minnesota on right now. How you doing, Ed? Good. How are you guys? We're doing well. Doing well. What can we do for you? Oh, uh, just uh, going to update on what's going on a little bit here in the southeast. Sure. Minnesota. So um, sent a picture to uh, to your uh, sister this morning, showing a couple of ears that I picked out of the field. And, um, we've only had since I planted. The 25th of May, we only had four inches of rain on that crop, and I don't know what's left in the tank for next year, but <laughs> looks like we're going to have a crop this year on it anyway. But uh, I guess my question is, is uh, with the uh, tall water hemp and uh, resistant giant rag and lambs quarter, uh, what is another viable herbicide program for soybeans next year instead of Midwest? Well, okay, you are in luck. And I think the enlist growers are going to be probably the biggest beneficiaries of this. Liberty is coming way down in price, like way down, like maybe a third of what it was at its peak during COVID. So Liberty is going to be pretty darn cost effective. And what we've seen in the enlist beans is mixing enlist and Liberty has been awesome. It's really worked well, but you just couldn't afford to do it because it was so expensive. 
And now it's going to be a lot, lot cheaper. And we've had two things with Liberty. 43-ounce use rate, which is the max you can put on in one single application, has been great. It's been a huge upgrade from 32 or 36 ounces that a lot of guys were using. And then the Liberty Plus Enlist tank mix has been big. So for me, if I've got Enlist soybeans, which we'll have Enlist soybeans, I'm sure, on our farm, we'll we'll be doing our three-pre strategy down. Then we'll come back in early post. We'll put out uh, a post-emerge residual, probably a group 15, uh, and we'll add in at that point either Liberty or Enlist One, depending on what we've got for weeds. And then we'll come back with that second post application with either another shot of Enlist or uh, another shot of Liberty, depending on what we're doing. If we've got horrible weed pressure, then we're going to spray them both. Uh, the tank mix yep. really works. What about the guys that are... Uh Fortunate enough to get their cover crops planted and getting the shot of rain on. We picked up a half inch of rain this morning, so oh, awesome. that stuff should really take off afterwards on that. Absolutely. Plant into that next year. Um, if you're planting green, um, what 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 are you are you thinking? Uh, burn down the day before. Well, that's that's a great question. Something else stronger that you could be coming in with. You know, in southeast Minnesota, you normally get more rain than we do out here. That's not a guarantee. Like you say, you get some years that you don't. On the in what the guys have found on cover crops is if you're planting green, if it's a normal year and you get plenty of moisture, it's awesome. It's a great way to go, and it really holds the weeds down. I guess it depends on what you have for equipment and how big that cover gets. So a lot of guys will say if that cover is a foot or less, we can still get good activity out of our pre-emerge products. But if it gets bigger than a foot, we have trouble. So if it gets more than a foot tall, I would burn it down early. If it's less than a foot tall, you can go ahead and plant right into it and burn it after if you want or however you like to do things. The thing I also remind guys of is if you're spraying any of these residual herbicides with the Roundup, which is fine to do, uh, but it is going to take some moisture to wash them off the plant residue and get them in the ground. So yep. I, I like to sure. do that as yep. soon as I can, just so I have more time to get some rain. Sure. Yep. So how close to harvest are you guys? Well, uh, we we did a lot of our corn as silage, and that's done. We're out harvesting some of the uh, check strips that we left for yield with the corn. Some of it's ready to go, some of it's not. Uh, and we're hopefully getting back into beans here this afternoon. It was sprinkling off and on this morning, so I kind of kept everybody out. But uh, there's a long ways sure. to go in our, our part of the world here yet. But guys are guys are getting into some of the earlier maturing beans for sure. Yep, uh, I guess same here. I'd say about a third of the beans are out, um, and guys have basically kind of, you know, they're just wait for the beans to get. Um, get a little bit riper, so they started on some corn. Um, corn is highly variable based on soil type and what side of the farm got a half inch and what side of the farm didn't get a half inch of rain. And uh, so out of that four inches of rain that I got, 1.6 of that came on the 26th of July. Yeah, that was us too. A good chunk of our rain came uh, right about the 1st of August. And and yep. it, it did help. We weren't going to turn it down, but man, it would have been nice. Right, if it would have right. spread out uh, <laughs> a little bit here, a little bit there. Yep, yep. No, I was out there for the field day. I thought your stuff looked really good for uh, for not having the rain, like you were, you were saying that day. So, yep. But, uh, um, yeah, that rain three hundred and sixty is kind of intriguing a lot of people this year. I think. 
yeah, it's going to be neat. It's going to be neat to see that. Uh, Ed, thanks for pointing that out. Thanks for coming to the field day, too. I got to let you run here right at the end. But yep. uh, but you're right. That 360 rain machine for folks with limited irrigation water or uh, just overhead irrigation isn't going to work for you because of the shape of your field or whatnot does look like it's something worth worth trying out. We're anxious to do some more testing on our farm. Thanks for listening to our show today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.